0: Oh, Super! brilliant follow-up play by Mahé!
1: Oh my goodness, man, what a shot!
2: 100 goals, 7! 100 goals, the head!
3: The Uninformed Handball Hour is back again for another EHF Euro 2022 podcast. And it wouldn't be a preview without us looking back to one of the best stories I think we've ever seen at a handball euro. And that was the rise of the Croatian national women's team to a bronze medal, which nobody expected, apart from us on the podcast, of course. We did call it, didn't we? My my memory's <laughs> a bit hazy, but I think we called it, didn't we?
1: We have an audio <laughs> bed coming up later that will... Uh... Answer that question
4: in no uncertain terms. Let's listen to that in a little bit and just see exactly what we said at the time. I, I'm positive that I I predicted some really
3: good performances from Croatia,
4: but let's see. I don't remember.
3: Yeah, I think I remember. It took me so long to warm up to them. So by the time I warmed up to them, they were losing to uh, France in the semi final. So that was maybe a bit late to jump on board. But It's a very simple question to start with you guys. What's some of the images you have in your head of, or memories you have of that uh, tournament in Croatia? Because there's a lot of things to unpack, I think. For me, it was Tia Piovic. Catching those balls,
1: making those phenomenal saves, and kind of standing out as a a player who almost had a complete disregard for opponent's shooting ability, particularly from the wings. That's one that that I really remember. And uh, uh, we haven't really seen it since then, but uh, for some reason in that championship, she was uh, remarkable.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think it, it might be to our listeners, it might be a bit weird why we're choosing one of the three kind of big preview podcasts to be on Croatia. But I think it relates to the memories we have of that tournament and the kind of splash of joy that Croatia brought to quite a dark time. A time where Brian was sitting in one hotel room for two weeks straight and listening to Croatia uh, chanting in the next room. So uh, I think it was the joy that they brought us in 2020 with that run. Their joy that was so infectious that they celebrated with dancing um, after each match. Their atmosphere that they brought to the whole tournament. It It was something special. So I just want to relive that memory again. So that's why we're speaking to some uh really exciting guests on the podcast. So who do we have coming on, Brian?
3: We have, of course, uh, Captain Fantastic, uh, Katrina Jezic. Uh, we will speak to her first. And then after that, we have a small chat or a short chat with all-star from the EHF Euro 2020, Anna Debelic. And so, Brian, what did you think? Oh, um, thank you. Um, I think my favorite memory would be the, actually the bronze medal match. I think that was probably the most surprising thing for me. I remember I had to go to Gothenburg, Sweden after I left the hotel. So I wasn't there for the final weekend and I sat, we sat, Chris, and we watched that. And I remember us at the time saying that this was, I think, their most, the best they looked in the whole tournament. And it's something we talk later to Katrina Yezich about. It would have been very easy for them to have. No, I wouldn't say down tools, but in terms of like they've made it to the semi finals, they're in a bronze medal match that they've already exceeded everyone's expectations. But then to get that put that to go and push on and win that bronze medal uh, was was really special. And to beat a team like Denmark, of course, uh, is no easy task. And I think that was probably the, the, the most the standout memory I had of them in that tournament.
1: It really, everything suggested that was going to be Denmark's bronze medal to take home with them because. As you said, Croatia were, were fairly spanked in the semifinal by France. And then you're like, OK, now, they've, now they're have now they maybe a little bit out of their depth. And Denmark really were pushing Norway, I think, if I remember correctly, in that semifinal. They were leading by three at time, and then lost. And it was like, OK, they're at home. I mean, even if there's no crowd, they've got the home advantage. This is their medal to win. And then which is an amazing second-half performance in that bronze medal game from Croatia.
3: Okay, so let's jump in now to the interview with uh, Katrina Jezic. But just before we do that, here's our infamous soundbed of Croatia's run to that bronze medal.
4: I think I'll start with an easy one and Croatia to finish last. Uh, looking at their team and talking about what we talked about young uh, and inexperienced teams. They have the least experienced teams in this, in this competition. They could surprise the world, but I don't think they will. I, I can't see
3: Croatia doing doing anything major this time around.
1: Croatia came into this championship having lost every game of the last two Euros, being one of the bottom ranked sides every time.
3: Croatia have beaten Hungary. It's a huge victory for them. I think that's a massive surprise for everyone. I mean, just going on how the Croatians are acting uh, going into this tournament, they're here just having a good time. They're really relaxed. And they played today with absolutely zero stress
0: we are beautiful and we play handball good so it's
3: but seriously
4: how have they done it can either of you explain how croatia have two wins against two of the hotly tipped teams going into this competition hungary and the netherlands
3: they just are absolute fighters as well you know and they seem to be completely gelled as a group and they're just not your normal bunch of, of uh, international players. There's something a little bit different about them. And whatever they're doing, it's working so far.
0: Because no, no uh, audience in the, in, the, in the arena is our, like, it's,
2: it's our thing. It feels like uh, we're so mature when we're playing. I'm not, I'm not stressed. Uh, I know uh, if I will uh, do some mistake. I know that uh, Larissa is here. She will fix that. She will help me. And that's why I think we are not stressed, and that's why we have this, this good energy, because we we totally believe in, in each other.
3: So they have a group of players there that, that know, know themselves inside out, upside down, backwards and forwards, and they're playing against these top teams who are probably, you're probably catching them at the right time. And it's just this this perfect storm of conditions for them to succeed. Maybe it's that, or maybe we're not giving them enough credit.
1: Teja as Alex mentioned in goal, I mean, showing almost, disdain for the Dutch wingers
2: it's hard in Croatia because the 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 guys from national team they did so much Mm. and because of that they they won Olympic Games World Championship European Championship and we didn't do nothing and now we are doing something I think this is not a lot but I think for the people in Croatia, it means something.
0: I think this is a start of a very nice future for women's handball in Croatia and that we just need to focus on that. It's a good thing. We did a good thing on this Euro and we just have to continue doing it.
1: Croatia, Netherlands or Germany to join Norway in the semi-finals. We've
4: said it before and I will stick to the rule we made earlier in our podcast and don't doubt Croatia.
0: I even don't know what to tell you now. What to tell to myself? What to tell? Uh, It's, it's unbelievable. (laughs) I don't know. What is this? If I am dreaming, please. Can someone wake me up? (laughs) It's so good. It's so nice feeling. We are the example. Start from button, (laughs)
4: and now we are here. (laughs) We
0: are here, and we are fighting for this your semi-final. It's all over. Croatia have done it. What an incredible story. They have put their place in the semi-finals of this EHF Euro in Denmark.
3: Katarina Jezic thank you very much for joining us on the official EHF Euro 2022 podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. I think we'll start maybe with before we went into the previous Euro, when us on the podcast will admit to you that we didn't give Croatia many or much hope going into the last Euro. And I think it's fair to say that not many people gave you much hope. What are your memories of the of going into the previous Euro as like the biggest, probably the biggest underdog at the tournament?
2: Uh, first, when I start to think about the previous Euro, I get the ghost bombs because this has been a really incredible uh, experience and incredible uh, feelings we were going through and uh, such a team spirit I never tried before. So this is what led us to uh, make a huge success. Uh, I remember so many things we did together and we went through also so difficult uh, moments because it was Corona time. So, yeah, it has been hard in one point, but... Those things, it's not in my mind when I'm thinking at first. So yeah, I can just say I'm I'm really proud of what we have done and uh, I think it will always stay in my mind like something special we we did and uh, made for our country.
4: And of course, you mentioned the team spirit, but it must have been really difficult. Uh, I just wonder how you managed to just get such team spirit straight away, even though there are so many difficult circumstances going into the tournament and i think a statement came out from croatia going into the tournament of even when we were getting on the plane we didn't know which players were going to be on the plane because of the covid situation
2: Uh, but honestly you know all this team spirit was built by lockdown because we didn't have any other options than being together and spending a lot of time together and we didn't force anything it just happened all naturally like we was painting all the all free time we had we was painting making our like uh, living room together where we were spending time before and after the games or any free time so this is actually all uh all what is going on with the lockdown and corona and everything it just make us became uh, stronger and uh, get to know each other better and feel each other better of course when you're spending so much time together you also speak about handball and you speak about the the tactic and things how you want to be and this is i think uh, our strength in the end the bad things going on was our strength turn out like our strength
3: and talk to me a bit about your personal role within the team what sort of leadership do you think you brought to that squad
2: I can just say I'm like so many years part of the national team I started when I was 16 so it has been already 15 years I'm there and uh, I'm I have the most experience and of course uh, sometimes there are some rules you need to put in you need to you know keep the team together and solve the the um, situations which are coming you know how is it with the with the girls sometimes can be some problems. So, I mean, basically it's not so much I do, it's all coming naturally by uh, being there so long time, knowing each other uh, so long time, knowing uh, the stuff and balancing the things. Uh, So I don't have any special role. Uh, At least I think uh, I'm just uh, like a captain. But we are all on the same page and uh, it doesn't matter who is the youngest, it's uh, who is carrying the balls. We are, in my opinion, all the same and everybody are having the same uh, effect on the team uh, in a good and a bad way. It doesn't matter. So I, I cannot say exactly what is my role. Maybe you should ask somebody else who is feeling what I'm doing. But um, yeah, for me, we are all the same.
4: But it still sounds like you, you enforce the rules. So you, you're you're still the one that's keeping everyone in check.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, this is uh, my job to take some decisions. and This is the privilege in one point And another point, I need to take also some risks and uh, yeah, do what's the best for team, at least in my opinion, what's the, the best for the team.
4: And uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you progressed through the tournament. And in particular, of course, you got some big wins to start off with was there a point was there a point at the in the tournament where you were like okay we can actually do something big at this tournament
2: uh i can just say we was living uh, day by day moment by moment we didn't expect anything we didn't we didn't think about anything big but uh, when it started like a first victory we say okay uh, at least one and then the next day we say, okay, let's let's try one more time. I mean, the things are going good. Uh, we don't have nothing to lose. Nobody expect anything from us. We don't expect anything from ourselves. So we just go all in, and uh, yeah, it, it was like this the whole tournament. I mean, the, the every game, like we wanted to win. But if we don't, uh, nobody will kill us. Nobody will judge us. No, no, nothing wrong will happen. So we were just happy where we are. We was just uh, like uh, children in the playing ground, smiling and uh, enjoying what we are doing.
3: I think one of the most impressive things for me when I think back to uh, this tournament from a Croatian perspective was the fact that you, first of all, made it to the semifinals. But then after that difficult loss uh, to, to Norway, that you were able to pick yourselves up again for the bronze medal match. Because in a lot of people's minds, you already accomplished so much by getting to the... it could have been very easy for you guys as a group to just say, no, look, we made it to the semifinals. Subconsciously, maybe not pushing yourself as much because you've already accomplished so much. But the fact that you are able to pick yourselves up again and win the bronze medal, I think, was hugely impressive. How did you pick yourself up from that semifinal loss going into the bronze medal match? What did you say to the the girls?
2: Uh, You are playing semifinal and uh, you are going all in. But uh, if you lose this game, there is still a lot... Uh, to go on, and uh, of course, uh, nobody expected us to win uh, in the semi-final and go in the final. Like nobody expected us to be there at all. Uh, it it has been hard because the game was uh, really tough, and uh, it's not like you lost with one or two goals. You was close to it. It has been some more goals, so it's not like we was deep, deep down. There was some little disappointment because we could do better. But uh, we say to each other, like, come on, we have never been in this situation. And uh, uh, it was almost like now or never. We was already writing the history by being in the semifinals. Uh, so it has just been easy to think, like, we will get this medal no matter what. If it will be yeah. uh, bronze, uh, silver, uh, gold, uh, we really didn't care so much. We just wanted to go for the medal and uh, everybody was on the same page. And I think this is uh, the most important.
4: Yeah, and I think all the handball fans were also on the same page during that bronze medal match. I think everyone was cheering for Croatia, maybe except for the Danish fans. So it was a, it was a really, really amazing moment. Um, and something that I'll, I'll remember for, forever, I think. And I can only imagine the memories you have from it. But kind of moving forward, um, a result like that kind of going from, I, I actually just looked back at Croatia's history of, you know, the results in the championship of, you know, 16th, 16th, 3rd. Uh, that's a big big step up does that bring more pressure for the team and for you kind of going into further competitions
2: i i would not call this like a pressure but i would call it like we expect from ourselves more because we know we can do it i don't feel pressure from outside i can only say i feel support but not the pressure I don't know. I just want the things to be simple and day by day, not to think what is going to happen tomorrow. We are living in the moment and we should uh, go with it, not uh, overthink the things and just fight for what is ahead of you.
3: So taking this this mindset that you had in 2020, I think it's been tricky to try and replicate that, um, for example, at the World Championship. But how are you, now? Are you going to try to bring this kind of, it's a fun and fearless mentality into the Croatian side going into the Euro?
2: Yeah, so uh, the last uh, championship um, uh, we had, we we actually get hit by Corona in the the bad way. So everybody was affected and we was living every day like in a fear what the Corona test will bring. And uh, almost every time we did it, uh, somebody was positive. So uh, either the coach uh, could not plan anything, we could not count on everybody. And it was really, really hard situation. Some of the players or actually staff was left in uh, Spain uh, after the competition because they get tested positive the day before we are supposed to travel home. So it has been really... Really tough competition, uh, totally opposite than the one in um, in Denmark. But for the upcoming upcoming uh, Euro, um, I believe now after all this vaccine and all this, it, it we would um, be we will be more safe with uh, with this uh, those things. So we will have a squad which we can count on and uh, build it from there. Um, I already say my. My goal, and I think our goal like a team, is to uh, go game by game and uh, pass the group. And after, uh, just enjoy and do what we love, because this is the only way to make success.
4: And what what is your feeling going into uh, this tournament? Uh, I think, of course, and what is the feeling about the squad, how it's come together and how ready it is to... Um, you know, really get some results at this competition. Of course, the injury to uh Camilla Michiewicz is going to impact uh the team, but um, you know, how is the team going to respond to that at least?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, Kamila it's a big part of uh, yeah. uh, our team and uh, also our uh, spirit. Um, she's uh, missing a lot and we miss her so much, uh, but. Her health is the most important and uh, all of us want her to be healthy and come back uh, stronger. Uh, But in this situation, we just need to look uh, on the squad what we have and think uh, how we can put the things together. Uh, I still believe we have um, uh, many talented and uh, good players who can uh, take uh, this position. Of course, uh, nobody can replace her, but uh, somebody who can do uh, different things and good things in the in this situation of course I think there is um, girls who can um, play this position current squad uh, I believe uh, uh, Lokomotiva uh, play now Champions League and uh, I think those girls get a lot of experience uh, and I'm so happy for Croatian handball uh, that they develop and uh, it's also important for the national team like I say they are getting more experience, so now in the Europe they will not be stressed uh, as they would be if uh, they don't have those games behind.
4: Yeah, it's it's it, it's funny because it it's such progress from the Lokomotiva Zagreb team in general as well. Because going into the last tournament, I think um, it was a European cup that they won and now to see the team in the champions league it's it just shows the progress of croatian handball as a whole
2: i'm so happy for Croatian handball and also for the national team that those girls are playing uh, tough games and they are growing up in this environment and uh, of course it's really important for the national team and it will be so much easier for them to to compete in the upcoming uh, uh,
3: championship and for you personally What's one thing that you really learned from 2020 which you want to apply now in 2022?
2: Everything is possible if you really believe in it.
4: I think that's something that all of us can take away and uh, I, I think we will not doubt Croatia ever again. Uh, we, we're always going to say <laughs> going into the tournament that they can do anything so I'm not making any predictions. So good luck Um and I think we're all behind you in this uh, in this competition.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We will do our best to make a surprise uh, again and uh, play the best handball and make all of you enjoy.
3: And also in terms of uh, the media side of things, your, your team was an absolute dream. When we think of all the viral moments you had with the one hand saves, all the celebrations and all the behind the scenes stuff. I think it was a pleasure in that regard as well. So I'm hoping for some good content also.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will do our best.
3: (laughs) I was actually going to say,
4: uh, I thought Camilla uh, would come along to the tournament as uh, the number one fan and uh, spirit of the team anyway, even if she's not playing.
2: I believe she will be behind the camera uh, or maybe she will come and visit us. I don't know anything about it. But uh, I know she will be our biggest fan and uh, the biggest support.
3: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. Bye.
4: I think good memories for both of us there. First, uh, memories for our podcast and then uh, some of Katarina's great memories and the great spirit uh, during that championship. Um, it really was the spirit of the team that drove it forward and it's it was really interesting to see that it, the adverse situations were what brought them together, but then in the World Championships, uh, the adverse uh, situation tore them apart again. So it's—I uh, have no idea going into a normal tournament with Croatia how they're going to do. Um, h- how do you think their chances stand up, Chris?
1: Once again, they. They have a bit of an adverse situation because there's injuries that are plaguing the team a little bit again, I mean, particularly uh, Kamila Dmitrievich, who is out with a third ACL injury, which is a real bummer for her. And um, there's a few other injury doubts as well. But overall, yeah, it's not like uh, they can be complaining too much about the players they have. They still have a fairly close to, I guess, a, a full squad and yeah, I don't know, it's it's really hard to know what to expect from them. I, I kind of can't discredit what happened at the World Championship too much, even though they were torn apart by COVID. It feels like, okay, maybe that's the level that Croatia are supposed to be at. But on the other side, it's like, well, have we not learned our lesson about writing <laughs> off this team? And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good competition for them. I think they should at least get through the preliminary round that is I think fairly certain
4: hold up there because you're going to go through all the games but that is exactly what we talked to Anna Debelic about um, so she has become a real star coming from that championship and it's going to be really important if Croatia have any chance of repeating their performance from two years ago in this championship so um, me and Brian had a quick chat with her and spoke about their
3: chances for a tournament We spoke to Katarina Yezich this morning and she gave us a nice overview of the, the whole tournament. So we wanted to talk to you more about your personal uh, connection with the last Euro and what it meant to you and then what it's uh, acted as a springboard basically for your career. So would you see the Euro 2020 as a turning point in your handball career?
0: It's changed a lot. After this, I got the offer from Viper. so yeah, I think uh, this medal gives me a lot.
3: And
4: is that something you were expecting going into the tournament? Were you ready to kind of take a next step in your career, or is it something that just happened naturally?
0: I think it just happened. I couldn't know that this would happen, so it just came, and then in the end, I, I took it with two hands.
4: <laughs> like a good line player with two
3: hands. <laughs> <Damn. It's nice. laughs> yeah. but did you feel like during the tournament that okay i'm uh i'm in a flow now and i'm really starting to play well did you feel like that going from game to game
0: yeah it was like just game by game and we were like oh we can play good we are a good team and then i i didn't think oh yes i'm good so uh we will win or something so it just come natural to give it- how I say uh, before in one interview, girls give me a lot of balls, I score and uh, in the end it was really good.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way of putting it, easy way of putting it. So when you saw that you got selected for the All-Star team, was that uh, a surprise to you or, or did you want that?
0: No, I didn't think about that. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, is this you? But okay, <laughs> thank you. And then I was like, oh, nice people can see that, that everything that you train give for a whole your life and then in the end woo-hoo! yeah i was really happy but i didn't
3: and how long was the, then was it after the euro where you noticed that okay i have a lot more attention on me now or things are starting to change or how, how long was the gap between you finishing the euro and coming to contact with your new club's vipers
0: mm, it was some i don't know in january so it was quite fast after because uh or we already start in December. I'm not sure, but it was fast after, because I also yeah I need to decide that if I will stay in Russia or no. So uh, everything uh, yeah everything came so fast, and in the end I decided it's a big opportunity to go to try something new.
4: And how has it been uh, for the last year with with Vipers? You know, winning the Champions League, coming into a team that is just determined to win everything and then maybe compare that to going into a tournament with Croatia where you're more of an underdog.
0: Last year at the first was like a dream, one year of dream, of course, in the beginning for me was a hard new teammates, new system, new country, everything. But in the end, I think it was amazing year for all of us in the club. And of course, it's always different to play for a club and for a national team. So it's two different things. But yeah, I think in my first I had a really good player. So I'm really happy that I had this opportunity to play with them. I mean with Bella, Nura, Katrina, all others. Uh, but with the national team of course we have a good players but uh no, we need to be honest it's not the same level okay don't say this but uh, yeah you know what I mean uh, we have a young player they need to have more experience so of course we need to give our best.
3: so you must have a little bit of insider information now on Norwegian handball which might come in handy for this Euro when you come up against Norway what can you tell us without giving your secret plan away what could you do to slow down Norway at the Euro uh,
0: I don't know we don't have a plan for now but uh, yeah I joke with the girls like are you ready to lose but I think yeah they are a really good team long time together but maybe if we will play slowly we have a chance because if we will start to run with them I'm not sure if it will be good in the end so let's say we will try to play as slow as we can this is uh, our technique but my coach doesn't know he don't know this yet but uh, I will speak with him
3: <laughs> okay, we won't tell anyone, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't tell anyone.
4: <laughs> but good, it it is a, a pretty exciting group. You know, Norway, uh, the team who are are always the team to beat, but also Hungary um in the group as well. Uh which really the that game against Hungary in twenty twenty is what kick started uh the whole tournament uh for Croatia uh, is that Do you th- think that's going to be a special game maybe from their side as well, thinking they want a bit of revenge?
0: I think it will be a special game for both sides. They also changed a few players. We also missed some of them. So I think uh, it will be tough. First game against Norway, yeah, sometimes it can be good. Like uh, It's better maybe to start with uh, some uh, not so strong teams. Not weak, but Yeah, Uh, but also we can see where we are against Norway. So, and then after that, you need to come fast back because uh, I think where we can try to take some points is Hungary and uh, Switzerland. So, yeah.
3: Uh, What do you know about Switzerland? Or do you know much about them at all?
0: Uh, There you can buy really good chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I uh, I don't know uh, a lot for now, but uh, I'm sure that we will prepare and we will analyze the, the game. So we have still time.
4: And then, what is kind of for you personally? Uh, if you're saying okay, where do you hope to reach with Croatia in this tournament? How do you hope to play? Um, are you looking at a medal or, or do you want to beat Norway? What's what's the ambition level here?
0: <laughs> uh, I want to pass with the second uh, round and then uh, we will see because on the last championship, we also didn't have any ideas that we will win one goal or the medal round. So, yeah, I think we need to go again step by step because we show again that... Uh, on the world championship but uh, we can also play really bad so uh i hope that we will give our best and uh, pass to the second round we
3: we had a great time watching croatia's journey to the bronze medal last time out it was a it was a very entertaining uh very entertaining journey for all of us and we got a lot of our predictions wrong thanks to you girls so we won't be doubting you this time out uh, because that would be foolish But uh, best of luck for the tournament, and then uh, we might see you on the road there somewhere.
0: Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Alec Belic. So, Chris, Alex interrupted you before you were about to launch into your prediction about what you think Croatia can do at this tournament. So maybe you can now finish those thoughts. Right. So, game one against Norway, they're going to lose. (laughs)
4: <laughs> big words already Sound new soundbed coming up well, a, say, same as Anna to be fair so yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it nice and clear
1: so it can be used in a, another hilarious soundbed then hungry I think that's uh, that's going to be the crucial one for them I would say they have a really good chance of winning that hungry are hungry these days and that means everything and very little at the same time because you kind of you think you know what you're going to get from them and then who knows what Hungary team comes out? But I think, I think Croatia, particularly with you know, like, there's a lot of connections there. Players who've played in Hungary, they know. I think they have a bit of a psychological advantage over them. And uh, I guess a little bit depends on how Hungary do against Switzerland in the first game. So they could win that one, and they almost certainly should beat Switzerland in the final game. So they go through, go through to the main round, and then they face three teams that come from the group of death, really. Denmark, Slovenia, Sweden and Serbia. And I don't think they'll get any further than that.
3: I'll say that uh, Croatia are going to win the whole thing and protect myself. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it does really feel like that game against Hungary is almost like going to be a very quick uh, cup final. It almost comes down to that, doesn't it? And with Hungary now missing Noemi Hafra, which, who had an ACL injury, uh, unfortunately, it's good. that's a big loss for them as well. So I think... I'd be it's a, it's going to be a close game, I'd imagine, but I'd probably be leaning towards actually Croatia, maybe maybe taking that one. Um, and yeah, as you said, Chris, you'd imagine they will be strong favourites against Switzerland.
1: I think the key thing for for them in this whole championship is also the Croatian fans getting off their backsides and making the trip to Ljubljana because that is uh, it's a very short trip over uh, for a lot of Croatian fans and if they get behind the team in a similar way to the men's national team. And I remember that was a big thing we talked about uh, with the players two years ago as well. I remember when you were talking to them in uh, in the hotel, Brian, and they're like, we just want, you know, we want this to be the first step towards something. And and maybe this for this team now, it's not always about, you know, getting bronze medals again. I think they're maybe a bit more realistic than that. But it is about building something uh, for the next generation of players to come through as well, and part of that is also the fans buying into it. And this is the the first big chance for fans in Croatia to to go and show their support for the team that two years ago, in a in what was a dire situation around most of the world with COVID, that they they gave them a lot of uh, positivity. So let's see if the fans pay them back.
4: Well, I think that's it's going to be one of the exciting groups. Uh, we'll have more. Uh, previews coming your way uh some big names if you don't follow the Uninformed Hamble Hour already follow us uh, on your favourite platform follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram and we'll be there uh, for the next couple of weeks in the build up to the EHF Euro 2022 so thank you Chris thank you Alex and thank you Brian thank you boys thank see you again